Welcome to another episode of the All Time Sportscast. Ant is back with us this week after sitting out two weeks. Yes, sir. Good to have you back. It's good to be back. Next week, uh, while we're working hard on draft topics, as we told you guys last week, we're not super, um, I don't want to say knowledgeable, but we're, we're, we're not necessarily like, we don't have deep knowledge on the college prospects and what's going on. So we're preparing something for you that's pretty cool next week. Uh, Steve too is going to bring in uh, his brother, Matt, who's actually a very big college football uh, follower. Knowledgeable. And we're going to have very knowledgeable. So we're going to have questions prepared for him that we're going to be asking him uh, and he's going to be answering. Basically, a quick background, if you don't mind, Steve, I ask my brother questions about draft. Who's this guy? Uh, is he good? What's he going to do? Like it's been, I, To him. Yeah. And there's a there's an ongoing rumor that he also helps you draft uh, your fantasy football teams. Oof, oof, oof. So uh, doesn't do really a good job though. Oh, hey Matt, did you hear that? Did you hear that, Matt? Somebody's coming for your head. <laughs> you, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be confirming this for Devontae us. Freeman in the first round won't do you good. Oof, yeah, that, I didn't uh, pick Devontae Freeman in the first. I picked him in the second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so. Devontae Freeman got me points a lot of years. Let's <laughs> let's right. be honest. If you guys want, if you're if you if you're listening to this and you feel uh, like you want, DM us on Instagram. Send us any questions you have as well. We could uh, we could forward them over to Matt so we could um, have a, a wider uh, pool of questions to choose from, uh, other than just our own. That could be a lot of fun too. If you guys are if you guys want to do that, so. Uh, Go for it. Send us your questions. We'll, uh, we'll forward them to Matt and he'll uh, cover them next week with us. Before we start draft talk, there is something we want to talk about, something that we didn't really talk about in detail because it's all just speculation, allegation, uh, but something that we feel worth mentioning this week. Uh, Bird, do you want to kick that off for us? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, as, as much as uh, NFL right now is, is at a standstill and there's a lot of draft talk, there's a lot of uh, scouts going to these prospect trainings and all these different things. I think one one aspect or one headline that's really uh, falling under the radar right now is the situation that is happening in Houston with Deshaun Watson. Um I personally find it very intriguing to see, you know, what's going to happen out of this situation with the for Deshaun, as well as the accusations that have been put forth in front of him. Because, uh, like it or not, whether some, all, or none are true, uh, I think that there's a lot that still remains to be uncovered. But what I find interesting from a league perspective is how the league has not really spoken about this whatsoever, uh, haven't even issued any statements, and for a league that prides itself on social causes or is trying to plead with its fans, uh, especially in America, about all these uh, sensitive topics such as like Black, uh, Black Lives Matter and how it's pretty much only the flavor of the month for the NFL. And in my perspective, obviously, I think that the NFL at this point should should have released a statement acknowledging what's going on, um, taking a stand, even if it is uh, at the early stages of this, right? This is a player that is the one of the faces of your league, uh, a face of an organization right now in Houston, and yet there's there's no statement that's happened. And I think, uh, in some ways, the NFL has been quick to react with a lot of different other players, whether it's been uh, you know substance abuse scandals or uh, sexual assault. 
um, cases, they've been kind of always flip-flopping depending on the situation here. And I think it's really a shame for a league that has tried to put itself and pivoted itself more into social causes uh, and to, to broaden the scope for the league, uh, how they have not taken charge of the situation of the athlete and even uh, tried to put themselves in front of this by saying, you know, this is not either, this is something that's not acceptable in our, in our perspective. So I'm curious, what, what do you guys think about uh, the way the NFL has handled this situation? Do you think that it's great for them to not say anything and wait, or do you guys feel like the NFL has missed an opportunity to, to say something? Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk did uh, post an article on his website on April 6th, so two weeks ago as of this recording, saying that uh, Brian McCarthy, the vice president at the NFL, um, did release a statement uh, on the Deshaun Watson allegations. Uh, the statement is, the allegations are deeply disturbing and we take these issues very seriously. Immediately following news of the first allegations last month, and he has and has been reporting. Uh, we initiated an investigation under the NFL's personal conduct policy. We are continuing to closely monitor all developments in the matter. So while it's very vague, a statement was made by the NFL. Um, what else do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely think the NFL is going maybe too light on this. Uh, this is the same league that exploited a player for taking a knee on a national anthem and made it a whole issue about American pride and whatnot, but things like this are, are, um, you know, taken so lightly. I, I do think it's, it's not, and I'm not saying that he should be held accountable before we have proof of this, but it's definitely taken too lightly. I don't agree with the way they're handling this. I don't agree with, and I've said this on previous episodes, the Texans had a chance here to rewrite their wrongs. They changed the front office. They changed management. They're trying to, uh, uh, become a more, I don't want to use the word woke, but they want, they, they've been accused of things that hurt the organization and they're not taking initiative to make this right. I think it's, it's lazy on everyone's part. They haven't dropped him yet, have they? They haven't. And that's what I think a lot of Suspense? teams would have. Nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean, and, and, and I don't want to get into that, but the American way is that like he's innocent until proven guilty, but uh, for an organization who's just been uh, out, outright like they've been called out on so many things uh, and they went about making changes to become a better organization to I don't know I would have I would have cut him it's 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 not it, when when things like this come up it's not so much about like what you could get in return for him in a trade because he's asked for one anymore it's really like the face of your franchise is... Have you taught them about something? Has everyone uh, taken a seat and really thought the process out of what's going on? There's nothing going on because there has to be something else to it. We've seen, like you've mentioned, Steve, in, uh, in the NFL, things happen really quickly. Like something happens, they'll drop the player. Yeah. They'll wait a month, they'll suspend him. There's nothing happening yeah. now. Well, that's usually That usually tends to happen with substance abuse or, or, or things of that nature, but... Uh, allegations like this it's right away often get covered up in the nfl no nah, they often get covered up in yeah the but NFL. this this nothing's happening so i have i have a feeling something is get there's something else with it especially with 15 allegations there's something else that's i think there is something else that's happening whether it's the this was planted on him or they're trying to get more information before they take the step i'm 
I'm just I'm just trying to look at it in the perspective of things happen super quickly in the NFL. We've seen players things happen super quickly, but look, it's funny how how depending on the caliber of the name, allegations disappear. Yeah, but you can't disappear 15 allegations to Deshaun Watson, who's the starting QB of the Houston Texans and is like top did we not, five QBs. Did we, did we not do it to Ben Roethlisberger? Was it, but yeah, but again, when you take both situations, they're both wrong situations, but 15 versus what, one? Like there were a handful, there were a handful on So then, so then I, I, you can't, in, in 2021, you cannot hide. What something. happened to Antonio Brown's allegations? What happened to Antonio Brown's allegations? It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's the, the caliber of the name often dictates the outcome of the of, of this, how, how the whole thing plays out. So I don't know. I, I think there's something else. Before I start, I, I just want to make it clear here that I'm not trying to defend um, Deshaun Watson. I just want to put that in the universe. All right. But let me play devil's advocate here. Um, what if he really didn't do it? Right. Then he gets thrown out of the league. Potentially he gets dropped by his team. Yeah. Potentially um, his career is ruined. Potentially. Now we look at Ray Rice, right? A video came out of Ray Rice in the elevator. Yeah. He got dropped immediately. Right. Now, Kareem Hunt, proof, gets dropped immediately. What happens to him? He gets cut by the Chiefs immediately. There's no waiting. There's no pussyfooting or anything. It's cut right off the bat. Now, the NFL Now the NFL is not perfect by any means. What happened to Tyreek Hill? Did Tyreek Hill get anything? No, Sorry, Tyreek Hill did not get anything. Um, that was uh, in the media, and then we never heard of it after he probably scored a 95-yard touchdown. Exactly. Um, but those are the two last cases that I could remember, honestly, um, Ray Rice and, and Kareem Hunt. But I, I think even though the NFL, Adrian Peterson, yeah. With the, uh, the, uh, the switch. Yeah. Was, he paid, he paid, he paid the, he was, he was probably the last like quality, not to, not to discredit the other players, but the last big name to actually pay a severe price for what, but off again, field, it was temporary. For, for it was temporary. He came back in the league now. And I'm pretty sure that the same thing would happen with Deshaun Watson. If proof does comes out that he did do what the women are, are, are saying he did, then I'm pretty sure he'll get suspended for a year or two. And then, uh, no, he's done. You man. think look at Josh Gordon, how many chances did Josh Gordon was smoking weed? No, I'm saying that's two totally two different yeah, things. Who cares if you're smoking weed? Sexual assault is a felony, man. Like Adrian Peterson got a slap on the wrist that, I mean, for, for bad parenting, what? I Come mean, on. he beat up his child. That was not bad parenting. Um, hey, he hit him with a twig. <laughs> hey, there's a lot worse things that parents do to their kids. Let me tell you. And and and, and just because things, his absolutely. name is Adrian Peterson, we gotta suspend him. At the end of yeah. the day, things like that. Anyways, I'm a I'm a father. Nobody's business. But I understand your points. I understand everybody's points here, and I'm actually happy we're talking about it. But a guy like Deshaun Watson, you got 15 allegations and you're proven guilty, my friend. You're not playing football ever again. You might play. You might play flag football in Brassard, but that's it. Let me jump in real quick. Let me jump in real quick because I'm very happy Sean brought this point up. Um, they're allegations, right? And it's my opinion. They're allegations. I don't think the NFL wants to make a mistake uh, sending out um, anything, writing anything, saying anything uh, to ruin his reputation, his career. Uh, they they already they didn't screw up with with as Steve one mentioned with the taking a knee with cap, they didn't screw up, but years later they realized, okay, 
uh, he, he did this for a greater cause, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying it's the same as, as Deshaun Watson because, as Steve once said, it's, uh, it's, it's, an, uh, it's a felony, but... Apples and bananas. <laughs> well, yeah, we're talking, we're talking having a political... Making a political... Yes, but my... Or having, take, taking a political stance versus... A, a, my point, though, in the NFL's eyes is I don't think they want to make anything public and ruin his image and career without uh, the proper evidence uh, to back it. Oof. Uh, so to say, but with 15 allegations, it, it seems like uh, maybe Deshaun Watson's uh, career is heading towards the door. Um, but if it is not fabricated, but if, if there's no concrete proof and he did really didn't do anything, then the NFL is doing the right thing with not saying anything right now. But they, they want their facts. They, they yeah, want exactly. the real they need reason. the facts. They, they, they can't say anything without that. But the thing is here is that they the NFL already screwed up with the Ray Rice situation, okay? Because the NFL was going to do nothing unless that video was leaked and came out and made public. If that video was protected, you're damn right that the NFL would have done nothing about this situation. And that's their first mistake. And so I'm not saying suspend the guy right now, like have his team cut him and all that stuff, but he should be put on the exempt list right now, a, a temporary suspension exempt list until this thing plays out. I mean, if this carries out into the season and he's on the football field, then that the NFL got it wrong. The NFL is on the brick of getting this wrong again and being on the on the bad yep. side of public knowledge because if there's a video, if there's a recording, if there's anything that comes out and the NFL says, well, because there's proof now, now we're cutting him and now we're severing ties, they already got the equation wrong. And it's just, you know, this situation has evolved from, I think, the last time we spoke in the sense that I think when we started, it was like 13, 14. There's, there's up to 22, 23, and now we have names that we're Admitted. So this is not just, you know, people that want a payday or anything like there's names and there's only one person that's dropped out from this from this uh, from this lawsuit. So, you know, the NFL needs to make sure that they get ahead of this and protect their image. And actually, for the first time as a league, take a stand for for a cause that they say that zero tolerance for in the league. Uh, before TMZ or it gets leaked somewhere else, and then the NFL looks stupid yet again. Yeah, and and this is it's a that's a great point that you just made. And just going back to the names that we brought up: Josh Gordon, uh, Colin Kaepernick, Antonio Brown. They all had problems or or difficulty getting back into uh, or getting signed onto new teams because they made commotion, quote unquote. They made too much noise, quote unquote. Colin Kaepernick is still jobless because he made too much noise. Stupid. And because Deshaun Watson is a very, uh, he's a great example of a player, or at least he's had a good reputation of being one, they're protecting him. Upwards of 20 allegations and he's protected. Antonio Brown had one allegation. I'm not saying that that one is more true than the other, but one allegation to Antonio Brown. Uh, I I forget. was, I forget exactly what happened at the time, but what did the NFL do about Antonio Brown's cases? Well, he was too noisy. He asked. He 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 played. He fought for his way off uh, off uh, L.A. right after that happened, or uh, yeah, the off the Raiders of Vegas, Las Vegas, um, yeah, right as that was happening. But did the NFL do anything? Well, I mean, as a as a maybe not the NFL itself, but it was made very public how much of a of a character this guy was and. I mean, GMs around the league kind of collaborated to keep this guy out of the league. Right. Except Bill Belichick. And then exactly, eventually they made that, eventually they made that change, no? But it, it was very public. 
and the NFL is trying to hide what Deshaun Watson's doing almost. Yeah, I agree with Berger. I, I, I think he should be put on the exempt list until proven innocent, un- not guilty. Yeah, yeah innocent. Um, yeah, you, you could see in which direction the NFL is going in right now with this, uh, with the Deshaun Watson. Look at what they did to Kaepernick for taking a knee to the to the flag into the national anthem. He was canceled in ten seconds because of that. By the way, by the NFL, by the, NFL. by the NFL, he was that yeah. guy was a ghost. Nobody give, cared about him in that NFL. They wanted him gone because he did that. And now the owners, for, I, I for, think that's for, the owners wanted him gone for, for a 15 to 16, 150 allegations. They're taking their time. It's to me, there's their, their priorities are in different places. It's not, mm-hmm. it's that, or they're waiting to get uh, concrete evidence to really get everything down to the T where they're like, okay, look, I have enough evidence right now. Deshaun Watson, you're out or Hey, there's not enough. Go play football. It's, 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 I'm just, it's, I'm kind of like in the air with what's going on with him right now and stuff like that. It's, it, it's kind of, I'm kind of, uh, all over the place. It, it kind of doesn't make sense, but at the same time you think of it and you, you dig deeper in it and you're like, there, there's, there has to be something else. There has to be something else. What I just find crazy is that players like Colin Kaepernick, nobody wanted to touch after all this happened. But we have teams... For what? Well, for taking a knee. Owners didn't like it, like Sean said. And what I find is even more disgusting than the NFL not doing anything is teams lining up to say, like, you know what? We'll still take Deshaun Watson, Philadelphia Eagles. We'll send him our way. We'll take care of him. I find that problematic. Teams want to win over anything, number one. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then in the Kaepernick thing, it's like, well, he disrespected the flag in the national anthem. I don't want him playing for me. <laughs> you see right, the right. It's garbage. It makes, it's garbage. It's, and don't forget, Kaepernick took his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but what did he do the year before? He was not a good quarterback at all. So people were pretending like he was the next Joe Montana, but when he really wasn't. So I, I think this whole Kaepernick thing, while I do agree that, him being shunned by the NFL and the owners is complete blasphemy. Yeah. He really was not a good quarterback the last two years he played. Yeah, but so, his career was still over, right? He still had lots of years left to play. And so for someone who, who who trained and put their whole life towards going to the NFL to get kicked out and not have a job anymore. Well, I think that, uh, I, I think that, um, you know, for, for Kaepernick and all that, he could still have definitely been a backup QB and could still right now be in the league and, and help a team out. But yet again, we see the, the negative effects of that. And it, it, it boasts a, a different type of question. I think if you're, you know, uh, a fan or if you really, um, have that divide between politics and sports, right? And I think um, I, I read an article by Brett Favre who was in, interviewed recently uh, by Talk Radio or something like that. And he was talking about how fans uh, try their best to use sports to escape from, you know, uh, all the politics and all the things that are going on and him wanting to see politics removed from sports uh, in, in some way so that the game is just the game in terms of wins, trophies and all that stuff. And I found that interesting because I think as a platform as the NFL has, right, you it's a very blurred line between just being a fan and just watching sports and not having this social cause or politics involved in it. So I, I found those comments pretty interesting. I had a conversation with Steve one and, and, and one, I guess, um, about this offline a few weeks ago. And honestly, listen, as much of a, of a fan, I am of uh, Brett Favre. He, yeah, I'm the re- he's the reason why I started watching football in the first place. 
Brett Favre could shut up, in my opinion. Um, he is a Southern boy at heart, and we all know where those politics lie. He likely doesn't like where the NFL is going politics-wise. So uh, it doesn't really surprise me that he's saying what he's saying. But yeah, like whatever Brett Favre says, I take with a grain of salt at this point. He just wants clout. He's bored at home, yeah. uh, probably just uh, cutting wood from his tree uh, and wearing flannel uh, button-ups. So he needs to make some noise somewhere. He's also making uh, Wrangler commercials on the weekends. Let's wrap that up. We got a lot of draft stuff to talk about. Um, as I said, next week, Steve Two's brother is going to be joining us. We're going to be sending him questions. This week, let's just free flow about it. Let's talk about our teams. Let's talk about what we think our teams are going to do, what we want our teams to do. Uh, what else could be happening within our division? How, uh, how we think this draft is going to play out for, uh, for uh, our teams primarily, but let's touch on the division if we can. AFC East to start. So um, Patriots are still pretty much the talk of the AFC East at this point. I think uh There's a lot of rumors about what they're going to do. Are they going to stay at number 15? Or are they going to move up in the draft? Are they going after that, that QB or not? Um, I, I kind of think, I'm hoping that they will land a QB uh, with their first overall pick. But I think in order to do so, they're going to have to move up in the draft. There's 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 quite a few rumors, you know, uh, maybe Atlanta, maybe the Eagles, uh, you know, maybe trading with the Broncos. So there's a lot of different things. But I, uh, in, in terms of what they've been doing, they've been scouting a lot at the different uh, QB positions. Uh, I know they've been at Justin Fields, uh, you know, scouting Mac Jones as well. That they seem pretty touted about. Um, I, I'm curious about Mac Jones and that's, I think that's one question that I'd like to ask next week about, you know, what's going on with Mac Jones, because in some mock drafts, he's going as high as third to San Francisco over some of these QBs that have been touted all year round as higher, uh, and others they're, you know, they're saying it's within the wheelhouse of the Patriots picking them up. But, you know, as much as we're saying, uh, the Patriots need a QB, I would not be surprised if they use that, that 15th round pick to draft in a different position, whether it's a wide receiver or even if it's a linebacker or edge uh, type of player and look deeper into the uh, into the draft to pick up one of those QBs and maybe the third or fourth round. Um, I, I just kind of think that, uh, yes, it could be a franchise QB if you drop one of the top the top five QBs that are uh, that are touted to go uh, first overall. But how many uh, number one QBs that get drafted, you know, in the top three picks end up actually being stars for their franchises. So ah, that's, that's, an like interesting, that uh, that's an interesting topic uh, to look at. But I think for the Patriots, it's uh, the fans want a QB, but I think the Patriots will likely go a different route if they don't trade up. I think they should go for quarterback. Um, I'm a big proponent of not drafting a QB when you need one, but preparing yourself for the future, right? the wrong time to draft a quarterback is when you need one because they're not going to be your, your starting quarterback day one. And if they are, they won't be the, the really great. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think now's the time to do it. If they could trade up and get a, a top quarterback, go for it. Um, but yeah, that, that's my stance on it. Um, now real quick, I want to touch on Mac Jones. Um, I have a spidey sense I have a feeling that the same thing will happen to Mac Jones that happened to Aaron Rodgers. Rumors are 
the San Francisco 49ers were going to take Aaron Rodgers with the first overall pick back in that year's draft. Um, and when he was not drafted, Alex Smith was taken instead. Teams got kind of worried or scared that something was wrong with Aaron Rodgers and he fell all the way down. I have a feeling that if Mac Jones is not take, taken third overall by the 49ers, um, then he's, he'll just drop either out of the first round or like he'll be at the very bottom of the first round. Um that, that's that's my my guess here. Do you uh, for Burge? Do you think that maybe the Patriots are waiting for next year free agency? Any notable QBs that they can jump on, or uh, do you think that's out of the question? I think that the Patriots and Bill Belichick has been clear, right? He's he's building a team to move forward, and he doesn't want to be you know seven and nine again. He wants to build a contender. So personally, I think Bill Belichick is all in. Uh, for this year and whether that is getting a QB in the draft and there's still rumors about Garoppolo and the Patriots. So if the 49ers get their guy, maybe they are more uh, reluctant to trade Garoppolo to the Patriots because they have their, their QB of the future. But I think, uh, I think Belichick's in it for this season uh, to win it, at least become a contender again whether he does that with uh, by addressing the QB situation or surrounding uh, Cam Newton with uh, with more weapons, um, you know, an, an elite wide receiver, another another good uh, pass rusher, maybe who knows? But uh, I, I think the Patriots are going to make a move that addresses them and makes them a contender again this year. What's the uh, what's the rest of the AFC East doing? So the Dolphins, uh, you know, as we know, have been trading. Um, have, have traded back and moved back up front. Um, you know, they're rumored to potentially collect one of the top wide receivers in the draft. Um, I don't think they're going to go with a QB as, as was once rumored early on in these mock situations. I think the Dolphins are going to go after a wide receiver or maybe even one of the top tight ends, uh, depending where, you know, the teams ahead of them kind of go. But I, I can see uh, I can see the Dolphins heading into the wide receiver pool and picking up uh, a good prospect to surround Tua with. The Bills uh, and the Jets. Well, the Jets are gonna you know get their their franchise QB for what the second time in in a few years. So we'll see if this one pans out. They're linked to, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Zach Wilson. I think yeah. uh, to to go second overall. We will see what happens. And uh, for Buffalo, Buffalo's been pretty quiet, but I think Buffalo has a stacked team. So it's more about collecting depth and, uh, uh, you know, de- at, at certain positions where they're a little weak, just collecting a little bit more firepower. But I think Buffalo is uh, is pretty set for, for, their, uh, for their transition into next year. I'll go next with the uh, AFC North um, and my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the favorite thing that, or the thing that most fans uh, favor doing at this point, and, and now we have players on the team, Juju Smith-Schuster, Minka Fitzpatrick, who are getting behind this, no matter who's available, Najee Harris, uh, running back out of Alabama. We need to address the running game. That was what killed us last year. Um, and and look, we signed uh, Kalen Balaj. Uh, Betty Snell has shown glimpses of being an okay a relief back. We need a running back. We need an RB1. It needs to be somebody in this year's draft. So if it's not Najee Harris, Travis Etienne has been a name that the Steelers are are, are also looking at. Um, and the RB pool this year isn't uh, as strong as it has been in the last two years. So it's looking like these guys will, dr- will drop to the 24th pick, which is what the Steelers currently have. 
uh, other mock drafts that a lot of um, that, that have been that have been seeing have them picking left tackle Christian Darasaw. I don't think they're going to address the offensive line in the first round, but it is something they got to do in the deeper rounds. And Bird, you mentioned Justin Fields. Mike Tomlin loves Justin Fields. Uh, we saw the Steelers two years ago jump up to 10th overall in the draft, uh, trading with, I forget who, but they, they traded up and, and picked up Devin Bush, their linebacker. So they can surprise you on draft night. Um, they're going to have to trade up to the top five picks, unless, of course, in the coming week, Justin Fields drops. The suitable the suitable traders, the, the suitable uh, teams to trade with, rather, I should say, 49ers and Falcons. Garoppolo and Ryan can still be uh, in those teams' plans, so that's the guys you got to go with if you want, because the Jets, the Giants, and Jets are not going to make that trade with you. And the Bengals are picking fifth, so don't expect to uh, get some help from them. 49ers and Falcons might have a deal with the Steelers uh, if I mean it's, it's going to cost them a lot. But if if they really think Justin Fields is their guy, uh, as Sean said, start preparing for it. The rest is the AFC North. I'm going to say the Bengals are going to go offensive line. They learned very, very quickly last year that they need to protect Joe Burrow going forward. Uh, the, the, the Browns seem to be all in on defense uh, with the signings of the offseason. I think they're going to probably keep stacking there, but I'm not, I'm not too sure about what their game plan is. And the Ravens... Uh, it's it's tough to say because we've 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 said that he has no targets. We said that he plain can't throw the ball. Uh, they could go wide receiver in this first round. They're picking late. I think they could also go defense because they lost a lot of key pieces. So uh, I don't really know what the Ravens could do. They'll they'll be uh, they'll be fun to watch on draft night. So you think uh, even with signing Dwayne Haskins to kind of learn uh, from Ben. Uh, the Steelers would still go all in for a QB? I absolutely do think so. And the reason why is because they went and signed Dobbs to another one-year deal, showing that they have no hope in ha- they, they have little to no expectations in Haskins, little to no expectations in Rudolph, and Dobbs has been their 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 uh, relief quarterback when when needed. Uh, I mean, sure they played with Rudolph, but even at times putting him in, they've been less confident than one with Dobbs when they needed to. So. Uh, I do think that, and look, we're, we're talking like an elite quarterback uh, pool this year. So if this is the year to trade up, uh, I say they go for it for sure. Haskins isn't going to be your guy, I don't think, going forward. But I think that, uh, you know, for the Steelers, as, as much as they need to definitely, they're one of those teams that definitely needs to address their QB situation. Uh, I, I, I yeah. think I agree. I think that they need that game changer running back. They haven't had it in such a long time. And if if they can get that that type of game changer at the running back position, maybe that's that alleviates a little bit more of the stress on, on Ben this season. And he can have a, a decent season to get you, you know, at least into some sort of wild card playoff spot uh, to contend. But I, I agree. I think the Steelers are another team. There's so many teams that seem to be desperate for QBs yeah. uh, going into next season. It's the end of a big year, uh, right? and if it's not, it's the end of yeah, a big quarter. absolutely. If it's not next season, it's it's the year after. So there's also that. You know, you brought up Atlanta. You know, what what are they going to do with Matt Ryan? You know, definitely he could still play next season. Mm-hmm. Can he play the following year? Probably. But after that, where do you fall? And so, do you not start to prepare your team to transition into that new? 
new style of offense. That's exactly why I think the Falcons are a good trading partner with the Steelers. They'll obviously get their first round pick in this year's draft if they're to line the, 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 the number four pick. Um, but the picks that they'll get in the, in the years to come, I mean, it's not a crazy move for the Falcons considering that, I mean, Matt Ryan could still play good football. So, uh, I think they're best suited to make this deal with, with the Steelers if, if it's at all to happen. The, the other thing though, in bringing back Ben Roethlisberger for another year, you can't bring him back just for the purpose of, uh, getting the wheels going on your next quarterback. So they have to make a run here with him. And that's where the running back seems to be the favorable position to draft this year. The good thing in doing that is like you could go ahead next year and pick your quarterback in the first round and I mean have a great offense to bring him in to bring a young quarterback in with right trading up to the fourth pick don't you think it will take a lot of uh, future picks and and some talent yes, this it'll year take to, a, to it'll get take a ridiculous pick. amount of picks it's absolutely going to take as I said the, the 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 24th pick in this year's draft but possibly your next two or three years of of, of first and or second round picks it's the price is going to be insane and that's how sure they have to be about justin fields if yeah. they think he's their guy you'll but get mike tomlin seems to really love this player so you'll get that future qb but you you're running back situation unless you wait for free agency next year and sign one of them well one it's one not a big a, it's not a very strong running back pool they could potentially go for a guy in the, in the second round but all the all things considered like the tra- trading up to a top five pick is very unlikely well there was there i'm was, expecting uh, running back here there, there was you know because Anthony brought up you know what would it cost to get atlanta's fourth round pick right and i, I think there's something to be said first and foremost if i'm if i'm atlanta i have to really consider what i'm going to get because there's no guarantee i mean matt ryan can lead atlanta to a few more wins when are they going to get another top five pick will they get that next year so do i just draft my future but for the for the Patriots, right, they, they have been in discussions with the Falcons. There's been some trade proposals for that. And just to give you an idea of what's been rumored out there for the Patriots to give is obviously their 15th round pick, their 46th round pick, a first round pick in 2022, and it's rumored to for them to be getting Stefan Gilmore. That is what probably something it would take and do the Steelers have those pieces to trade to make that happen either but there are there are a bunch of other teams like uh you know in the top 10 that that could very well fall into trade partners with the Steelers you know the Broncos are 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 one as well that I think could could make it happen maybe the Eagles uh maybe the Dolphins look uh look at trying to stack up more picks for the for the future and 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 give up something as well so I I think we could see quite a few teams trading out uh, of that first round to make uh, to make their team a little bit more competitive. And I think the Steelers definitely um, could make something happen uh, in this year's draft. The thing just to end it on the AFC North and the Steelers in particular is uh, they're very stingy when it comes to making these moves. They knew Devin Bush was their guy when they traded up to 10th, they made sure it didn't cost them uh, too much. So, I think like a lot, we have to keep an eye on this week and what happens with Justin Fields. Is he going to drop a little bit? Is he going to stay up again? We spoke about the teams in the top 10. There are teams luckily in that top 10 that don't need quarterbacks. So he might very well slide. I mean, it remains to be seen what uh, what's going to happen with him. AFC South. I'm not big on college ball. I'm not big on the draft as well. 
Uh, I don't really pay attention to the draft if I'm being super honest. Uh, but what do the Colts need? The Colts need a, to target a top tier offensive tackle and pass rusher. Get some safeties. Uh, we need to think uh, what are we going to do on defense? We haven't signed a bunch of these players yet. Uh, our defense was strong last year, uh, but we need some people at safety. I find the last couple of years we've been lacking at the safety level. Uh, not too many strong guys, so we need to sign some people there. Uh, Carson Wentz needs some weapons. Uh, we have some people in the backfield. We have a great backfield, actually, but we need weapons. We have Hilton, we have Pittman, and we have Zach Pascal. Get some tight ends. Get some people that will do more than what Moali Cox did and Jack Doyle did. Uh, but besides that, we just really... The Colts are always like this every year. They don't do anything in free agency, and then they pick up some good people during the draft that actually do well for us in the, in the, in the rest of the year. The thing with the Colts that's that's fun to watch, I guess, in your case is like, you know, you have you you just traded for your quarterback, you locked up all your running backs. You said he's got like targets, so you know that. But now you're bringing in a supporting cast in a way. Who's gonna you know protect him? Who's gonna protect Carson Wentz on the other side of the ball? Who's gonna play deep field? So, I mean, like you said, the key pieces for the Colts are there. They're always a team that are like on the edge of making it into the playoff. Now you got to go get that guy that's just going to maybe push them into maybe a, a more secure position to make to, to, to make a good run. Let me say it this way. Jonathan Taylor, when he was picked, I was like, okay, cool. Let's see what you could do. No, nah, come on. Let's man. see what you could do. Come on. Let's come see on. what you could do. Everyone. Come on. These people with the draft, it's like these names, they don't mean anything to me. Play the game of football. Well, they have. Let's see what you can do in the NFL. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was would have been a dream for the Steelers. Yeah, but what? Okay, now they picked him up. The Everyone, first few uh, games he was iffy. Yeah. Then he started playing well. His vision got clearer. I mean, give him a minute. But give, his give name to me to, didn't you know? mean anything till he came to play. Till you play and you prove yourself. You know, like who's going number? Who's going first this year? That the uh, that that the Jags are going to pick Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay, good. I can't wait to see you on the field, Trevor Lawrence. Let's see what you could do with the Jags. You know what I mean? The draft is about positions as well. It's not only about names, right? And, yeah, and I get where you're coming from, saying a name is a name. You can be drafted first overall and, and, and not be good. And you could be drafted like Tom Brady, 199, and be the best QB ever. I get what exactly. you're saying. But you, there's still a certain level of interest for each team and each fan to know where their future talent is coming from. Uh, and and how their their team is going to be built, right? It's also not all yeah. the time that that the, the 199th pick in the draft ends up being the best at his position, right? So like like rankings are more or less like there for a reason. I mean, they're a guideline. I, I don't know, in my opinion. Let's move on to the NFC. This is actually a great draft, um, according to scouts for the the Packers. Um, Field Yates released a tweet a few days ago saying that. Um, the most prospects ranked in the scouts uh, top 100. Uh, there are 17 wide receivers, 16 cornerbacks, 11 offensive tackles, and nine defensive ends. Those are all positions the Packers need to address. Um, and um, unfortunately, I don't think they will address any of those in the first round. Uh, Brian Gutekunst, over the last two years, I believe he traded out of the first round. Um, no, last year, actually, he draft, he he traded up to pick up uh, Jordan Love. Uh, but 
he he is known to trade out of the first round or trade back basically. Um, but yeah, I, I personally think that uh, the inside linebacker position needs to be addressed. It's a position that was always um, basically they didn't really care about it. And they, the defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin at the time, they come out and say that he, it was an afterthought of a position. They just needed him, the, the player to be there and, and finish the play. Um, but after seeing what the Bucks did to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and what the Bucks did twice to the Packers last season, uh, Devin White was an incredible player. He he wrecked the line of scrimmage uh, from the moment the ball was snapped to the moment the whistle was blown. Um, I, I think the, the with the new defensive coordinator, the Packers will look at the position. Um, otherwise, I would definitely be uh, okay with them drafting a cornerback to maybe replace Kevin uh, Kevin King. I know they resigned him to an extension, but it, he is not the future at uh, for the Packers. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, it, it wouldn't be a Packers draft if I didn't touch on the uh, wide receiver position. Um, there, the Packers have not drafted a skill position player since they drafted Aaron Rodgers, which was a long, long time ago. Um, right now, we have our our three wide receivers: and Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, maybe Devin Funches, and the rest of our wide receivers in EQ, Malik Taylor, and Reggie Bigleton, who basically got picked up from the Stampeders in the CFL last year are all unknowns, right? They're deaf players. Um, it's a good draft for the wide receivers. They're this year. They're more the wide receivers in this year's draft are more slot guys and not uh, outside guys like last year. Uh, and we do need a, a slot wide receiver, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the team should be much better this, uh, at the end of this year's draft than it was last year after last year's draft. But uh, yeah, uh, honestly, I don't have, like like Steve, I don't really follow the draft much, uh, the college uh, football much. So I don't have much say as to who, what player in particular I'm into. Uh, how about the other teams uh, in the division? Uh, is, there, is, is there any interesting uh, facts about them? Uh, the Lions are hibernating. Uh, I don't know much about them. <laughs> um, the Vikings, again, I, I'm not hearing uh, all that much out of them. And the Bears, well... They found their guy and they're going to the Super Bowl. So, when do you think it's Jordan Love time at the at the big cheesehead team? All signs point to next year, it being the year that Jordan Love come, uh, comes in and takes over. But then again, right? Who knows? Aaron Rodgers just comes off of a is coming off of a MVP season. Um, unless Jordan Love will just blows his roof off of the stadium or the, like the practice field uh, during the off-season workouts and during the preseason, there's not much to go by, honestly. And I don't know. I honestly think Aaron Rodgers is back this year, back next year, and then he's gone. How about you, Ant? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen with the NFC South? The, the Saints have, uh, first of all, cap issues on cap issues on cap issues, which they've managed to address very nicely. So props to them. Um, but unlike uh, Steve too, uh, the draft is very important for the Saints, uh, salary cap wise. Uh, also position wise, a cornerback is very much needed because uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Patrick Robinson, PJ Williams, they're all going to become free agents after this season. Uh, so we won't be able to keep all three of them. So picking up someone in the draft uh, that can learn from them and not 
take that much cap space and for the coming years would be very good for us. Um, quarterback as well. Uh, I mean, we've addressed it for this year with Jameis Winston. Uh, eat some W's with that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he eats W's. Um, if, and this is a big if, he learned from Drew Brees, one of, one of the best at the position, um, how, to, how to manage his interceptions, how to manage the clock, uh, how to look at one, two, three options. And if there's nothing available, take the sack, throw it out, but don't throw it blindly. Uh, he might have a good season because he, he does have some superstars around him. Um, but that being said, I still think we need to draft a QB for the future because he he won't he won't cut it. He won't cut it. We have high hopes, but I don't think he'll do it. Uh, mock drafts for the Saints do say in the round two they might pick up uh, a QB from Stanford, Davis Mills. Um, I myself have never heard of this guy. I haven't seen videos yet, uh, but he does have high potential according to. Uh, the Saints draft scouts uh, and we all know how good they are because remember Alvin Kamara came out in the third round um, but that being said cornerback and QB for the future would be uh, would be ideal for the Saints I think there are other positions mind you wide receiver as well I, I wouldn't mind picking up a wide receiver uh, because we got rid of Emmanuel Sanders Michael Thomas is coming back from a nasty injury uh, Traquan Smith isn't that star guy uh, and also, you know what? We have a lot of issues to to address. We have a, no tight end as well. No star tight end. We just got rid of uh, Butterfingers, Jared Cook, but at least he he, he caught some touchdowns. Um, There's a lot of work to do for the Saints. Yeah, there is. It's 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 a rebuilding phase. Let's say that. There's, there's still, at least it's it's going to start. Yeah, they want to compete, but they got to rebuild as well. Um, the Bucks are the clear favorite in the division. Um, the Saints maybe might squeeze into um, a wild card spot, um, but we'll see, right? There's there's a lot of question marks with the Saints going into this year. I'm excited as a fan to see uh, how they're going to play. Uh, Jameis Winston, don't forget, gives them another style. He can throw down the field more than 15 yards, so uh, <laughs> we'll look for that. Uh, other than that, but does he? But does he get his own receivers? <laughs> Uh, if hopefully Drew Brees taught him a thing or two. We'll, we'll, we'll see, right? I'm very excited to see what, what, what comes out of it. I also think that there might be a split as well. Don't forget there's Taysom Hill. Right. So yeah. uh, there might be a team that, that, that alternates QBs, which could be scary for other teams' defense because you never know what you'll get. Um, but it's up in the air, right? I think the Saints are the prime example of, of when Sean says you need to prepare for, for your for your next QB, you need to draft him when you like before you need him. And um, I don't want to throw your team under the bus because mine's heading the same way. But um, I mean, the Saints are going to be uh, 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 there's going to be a lot of all eyes are going to be on the Saints uh, in this transitional period. And I think a lot of teams are going to learn from this. Like we said, it's a big QB era that's coming to an end. Uh, they're going to be used as an example of a, of, a, of a team that potentially had everything to go for it and uh are gonna have to tear it down i i, I was scratch i was just gonna mention as as you said for the steelers uh mm-hmm. i i wouldn't be opposed to the saints trading up to get a top pick and draft yeah. their qb because 
they do have young talent around them at the moment that they can still go ahead and compete um, while still having that sort of like uh, the Packers situation, right? They have that talent, but they drafted their QB who's not going to play this year, might not play next year, but he'll have two, three years experience watching NFL games. And who knows, maybe he'll be, uh, I'm not saying he'll be as good as Aaron Rodgers. Sean hopes he will, but maybe he'll he'll be uh, very good, very good QB. In last week's episode, I had the I had the uh, the Panthers competing for, or, or well, I mean, they put themselves in a position to compete rather for uh, second place in the AFC in the NFC South. Uh, what do you think they're going to do at the draft? What I think they're going to well, they they address their QB needs. Uh, running back, they have what are the top running backs? Mind you, he's coming back from an injury, but he's still, you can never count him out because he's a, he's a workhorse. Um, maybe a wide receiver. They might pick someone up as a wide receiver, maybe address some defensive needs, uh, maybe protect their QB, draft O-line. That would, that, I, I would think they would lean towards that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's they, they can definitely compete for, for second place in... Uh, in the division. And and don't forget the Bucks should address their QB needs as well because Tom Brady, as good as he is, uh, I don't know, he's he's one hit, one injury, uh, one year maybe away from, from calling it quits. You're wrong. He wants to go to Disneyland. He's gonna win the next three <laughs> years. <laughs> I love I love I love the Tom Brady talk, uh, and one hit, one this, and and I think of it too, but the guy's going to the Super Bowl next year again. So can we, uh, can we wrap it up with uh, Tom Brady? Because the guy's team is exceptional. And I, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I think that what led Drew Brees to retire was that hit that cracked all his ribs. Uh, he really took time to come back. And I don't think he wants to go another season uh, with getting hit like that. So I think he sat down, reviewed what happened last season and said, you know what, I'm going to call it quits. That's that's all it takes is that one hit, cracked ribs, lung puncture, and you retire. I had a great episode idea as we were as we were uh, taking shots at uh, Tom Brady. Birch, how would you feel as the offseason quiets down? Maybe after the draft, we have a four against one episode where you just dodge negative thoughts on Tom Brady. But why? I'm not going against Tom Brady. Tom Brady has been uh, has been the talk of uh, everybody for the last ten years, and I think you know even after the uh, knee surgery added in 2008 that cost him the whole season. Uh, you know, he's not going to be the same. He's not going to be the same. And yet here, here we are. We, we talk about him every year, wondering when is the year that he's finally going to get that hit? When is the year that we're going to see that decline? Like what happened to Peyton Manning after, you know, after the next surgery, when are we going to see the decline? And I, I think we just got to just sit back as a fan and uh, just watch the last few years, because I don't think there's going to be another athlete out there that's going to come close to this. You know, not about the records, but uh, just his mental preparation, his knowledge of the game, his execution when when the time matters. And really, the moment you think he's done, he comes back and he proves you wrong time and time again. So we want to dedicate an episode to Tom Brady. We can go right ahead. Four against one, three against two, doesn't matter. He's still going to make us all look stupid. Before we uh, wrap up the episode, um are there any teams from any of the divisions that we didn't talk about? Name one team you're, you're going to keep an eye on at the draft this year. I'll, I'll start. I want to see what the Cowboys are going to do at this year's draft. Uh, I think they were 
really good at the last in the last few years trying to stack up their and they did a good job on paper at stacking up their offense i want to see now where their uh where their priorities lie if it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball they lost some pieces if they're going to protect Dak because they know about uh well i mean his last injury did not look good so we're gonna to have to give him more time to throw the ball uh I, I, I want to see what the Cowboys are going to do. And I wouldn't be surprised. I know this is like really a bold statement here. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys are one of the teams that I are running back in the first round. <laughs> I think that um, I want to be careful how I say this because this, we're talking about an, an elite running back, so to speak. But I think that uh, the Ezekiel Elliott era in Dallas is coming to an end. I don't think this is their guy. Uh, he's showing a, a rapid decline. So I, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see how the Dallas Cowboys uh, address. They need the some, they need, they need to protect Dak, no? Or is it yeah, just, as I said, yeah. Yeah. They need to protect Dak. They need to get people to protect them. Left tackle, right tackle, whatever you want to say that whole line, just, you got to protect Dak if you're spending all your money on Dak. I'm looking forward to watching the Browns, honestly. Um, I, I'm sorry, Steve, uh, a division rival, but I, I've i always had a soft spot, a soft spot for the, for the Browns. Uh, As I did for the, for the Bears. But, uh, Bears. Yeah. It's more embarrassing for the me to Browns. say that now. Honestly, the, the, the Browns have done a great job over the last, over the last four years on, on, on building your team. And last year was, I don't know. It, it was cool seeing them go to the playoffs. I, I'm sorry that they, they knocked out your team. Um, oh, you know, are you kidding me? We knocked out our team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then this offseason, they've done a great job. Their team is so much better off than they were last year, in my opinion. And yeah, I, I'm looking to see what else, what other pieces they add to their to their roster. Uh, my guess is they go defensive um, and just build that defensive side. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see where where they they go next year. Didn't they just didn't they just add a monster? Uh so-called monster. A Jadavian clown. They added a clown. They added a clown. But that said, uh I'm I'm a lot more unbiased than Sean when it comes to speaking about the division rivals. And I'll go ahead and say the Cleveland Browns are writing one of the nicer uh and of current NFL uh stories in that they just turned this thing around uh over over the last few years and and to be honest with you, I can't even say I hate them as a division rival. I mean, they 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 play they play good football against us. They they're a respectable team. Um, I mean, you can't you can't help but but enjoy this kind of rebuild that they're going through and finally a successful one that seems to be uh, really working for them. So yeah, I mean, by all means, one team that. Um... I'm looking at is uh, is the Chargers. How do they address uh, some of their holes? How do they take that step? And not necessarily on on offense, but uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball and special teams. How do they address those holes to really be able to compete and and take another step forward in their rebuild and in their development as uh, as a young up and coming team? So um, I'd be very interested on what the Chargers can do in adding uh, a few pieces on the defensive side of the ball and uh, special teams. Yeah, they honestly the the Chargers are are a very good team. Yeah, you, I agree with that right there. They did a great job at addressing their offensive line um, this off season and even last off season. Um, 
honestly, I love Keenan Allen. I love the guy, but I'm not a fan of their other wide receivers. Um, they, I, I feel like uh, Herbert needs more targets. Yeah, uh, even even who's the running back right now? Uh, Austin Eckler. Oh, Eckler, right? Yeah, um, yeah. He, they need someone behind Eckler. He he's a great RB one, but I don't know. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do as well. I'll uh, I'll I'll say the Arizona Cardinals. In my opinion, I like them as a team. Um, they they have a, a team to compete. And I'd like to see where they're going to address their needs to get to that next level. Cause that's one of the teams with a lot of talent that could never get over that hump, right? They, they have a good, very good QB, a very good wide receiver. They picked up some good pieces. Where did they go from here? What are they going to pick up to make it to that next level and, and make the playoffs and win games in the playoffs? So I'm going to go to Cardinals mock drafts that I've seen. For the Cardinals, uh, they're going to pick a... It looks like the, in the first round, they're going cornerback, I believe. Yeah, replace uh, Peterson. Yeah, and uh, and after that, they're going to go wide receiver from, from what I see. Oh, so you really think they're going to... Didn't they sign a wide receiver in free agency this year? I think they did. The wide receiver they, they signed was A.G. Green. They signed a running back recently as well, right? Yeah, or, well, they're going to need a new running back uh, as well in the coming years. I mean... As we had said, Edmonds and Connor are going to work on committee, but I don't know. I just I thought Edmonds had it maybe to, to take over the number one job comfortably. And after last year, I, I don't think we're seeing um, – I think he's missing a spark to do it. And by adding James Connor, uh, I'm sorry. We got confirmation. We got that confirmation that he's, he's, signed, he's not he's, the one. He's, he's not the one. I think, I think, unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to disrespect James Conner, but um, we're not looking at an NFL, uh, uh, a quality NFL running back in James Conner. He, he had many opportunities and he doesn't rise to the occasion. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Miami Dolphins. I really, really like what they're, uh, what they're doing uh, in the offseason, what they did with free agency and having two first round picks in number six and in number 18. Um, they changed their front office. Uh, they did a big adjustment last year. So what they're going to do in the draft for them, I think they're going to play some smart moves and they're going to add to where they need depth. Uh, they're going to make some adjustments. Uh, they're going to protect Tua since he's starting QB, I'm guessing. Uh, so I, I have some good, I have some good feeling for them this year. I think they're going to come out of there uh, probably right under Buffalo, if not even better than Buffalo. I'll be honest. I don't think Buffalo's taking the ring this year. I think the Miami Dolphins are coming in um, out of that division. Yes. And you could tell of how they played last year. You could tell by what they're doing in free agency. You could tell what they're doing in the offseason. and look what they traded up for. They have a sixth and an 18th in the first round. Again, I don't really believe in people being picked in the draft, but I have they have good potentials with their picks and what they could do to their team. The Dolphins having those two picks, uh, as I said, we're talking about the Steelers before, the running back uh, class isn't necessarily one of the stronger ones we've seen, but this is a team, okay, we've seen Miles Gaskin kind of step up, step up last season, uh, but now having Malcolm Brown as their RB2, they failed to address their, their, there was a big rumor at the, at the start of free agency that they were one of the big fish trying to land Chris Carson that didn't work out for them. I see them going with a running back with their second pick. I, I, I just think they need to, they got to build around Tua right now because they, they messed up with that pick. 
and I really don't think he's going to be there down the line QB. I give him two, three years max with them. So they got to protect Tua in the meantime. They got to go further with what they could do with him at right now. They can't start thinking about another QB unless they trade him and get something uh, that has potential for the team. Uh, so now they got to just different positions. They got to they gotta, they gotta plan those out. Frankly, I think that second pick in the draft could also be used uh, in a trade with a team that's below them. Somebody who wants their guy and, and, and Miami just keeps stacking on picks and move a little lower in this year's draft. If that's exactly what they're doing, uh, that they want to uh, get that supporting cast for, uh, for Tua to be protected. But I also think it's time for the Dolphins to be using these picks wisely. Uh, the Dolphins have, haven't been that great of a team. And every time they think that they're rebuilding, they kind of just blow things up and start over again. And so, you know, yes, they had a decent year last year, but they still have some pretty big holes. I mean, their wide receiving core is not the greatest in the league. Uh, their their tight end position, again, is, is all right, is average. So... I, I don't think that there should be a position right now in which, especially offensively, where the Dolphins are like, no, we're stacked, we're good. Uh, the Dolphins need, and it remains to be seen whether or not they can really make it over the hump and be, uh, you know, a 10 plus uh, win team. I, I still think the Bills are the cream of the crop of the AFC uh, East for sure. But the, it's it's time for the Dolphins to be able to use this to a window to really cement themselves as an actual contender uh, instead of being pretenders. Because every year for the last decade, they have tried to make moves, they've tried to do things, but it never materializes and they're always starting over from scratch. And, you know, uh, it was brought up in the sense that uh, it is to the future. And if not, you know, uh, what's the window? Three, four, five years. You drafted this QB very very high so if you can't commit to this guy for your for your future uh, do we even rule out them not drafting a, a quarterback uh, in this in this draft but i think with them trading down it it seems a little less likely but it's up to the dolphins now to be using these picks wisely to address the needs and building that core set offensively for their team to to be contenders for the afc east and not just a wild card spot. Do you guys think too is their guy? Yeah, it still baffles me to this day how people have already written him off. Yeah. It, it makes no sense to me. Um you like him? You've watched him in uh I, I watched him with Alabama. Good. Yeah, he he was very good. Uh very good quarterback. Even with that major injury? Yeah, his knee. I mean, it's it's a major injury, but he's playing. It was his rookie season last year. He didn't like like he he didn't have a just Justin Herbert type season, but he didn't play bad at all. It looked it was a very normal season for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be the next great quarterback, but to already write him off and start looking for your your following like the next quarterback is ridiculous to me. Put weapons around him, build a team, and and see what happens there. It, it makes no sense to me that the Dolphins drafted him only to drop him the next day, the next year. So didn't he, ha- didn't he have a hip injury as well? A major hip injury. Was it his hip or his knee? I, I think it was his hip. He had a bad hip injury that uh, required surgery. Yeah. Oh, whatever it was. I mean, he didn't look bad in the slightest. I mean, 
he 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 sat behind Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan because Fitzpatrick was having that good of a season. I mean, you can't just discredit what he did uh, at, at at the age that he is on the team that he was playing for. Um, I mean, clearly, what the Dolphins saw in letting Fitzpatrick walk is that Tua is their guy. I don't think they're gonna. I mean, I don't think they're 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 going quarterback in round one. I'm not saying they can't. I think it's ridiculous if they did, though. With a nice pick like quarterback that. one, yeah. You can't. I don't think you can't with what you did last year with uh, picking Tua. Uh, but yeah, building around them is the most important thing and, and and seeing where it goes from there. But protecting him is the most important thing as well. Is he shorter or taller than Cal Murray? I think he's a tiny bit taller. Cal Murray is a small quarterback. Uh, I'm checking right now. Yeah, that's interesting too. Do you guys see the Dolphins trading Tua at the draft? Absolutely not. No, because no, you're talking so? about drafting another QB. Maybe they're going to trade and and to a team. I mean, you draft you draft another QB immediately in either the sixth or the 18th pick that you have. You are that guy is going to play like horse manure that year <laughs> his ego is gonna just drop to the ground and that guy is just gonna be like yeah why what you know like <laughs> wait like we thought aaron Rodgers was a bit shady about having uh, th- them drafting love forget it to his career is gonna just plummet from there i think the only reason why the whole qb thing is possible and and, and what makes this draft particularly interesting with the higher ranked qbs is that the three teams picking before Miami don't need a quarterback. You have the 49ers who have Garoppolo, but are like are, it seems to be looking like they're going to pick quarterback. I don't even think they will. And you have the the Falcons who are always linked to Kyle Pitts, uh, tight end. I don't think they're picking a quarterback. We said Matt Ryan could still play. And then pick number five is the Bengals who are not clearly not picking a quarterback. But I mean, now we're talking about Miami picking a quarterback after Joe Burrow's injury, could the Bengals be picking a quarterback too? It doesn't make sense. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals trade out of their of their fifth spot. Really? Yeah. Really? I think they need to address that offensive line. Think, think, think of all the picks they could get in return, right? They already have their quarterback. They, right. it, what they do have they great need? wide receivers. They do, yeah. Um, they need offensive Apparently, linemen. Joe Mixon's a great running back. I don't see it. Well, he is if he's not injured. Um, but that offensive line, you made the point, Steve, is that they got to yeah. just offensive they gotta line. They got to get the best guy, like, man. They, they, their guy's not going to last if, if he keeps getting and, knocked out like and, that. And you just brought up a good point. You don't see that Joe Mixon is a good running back. Well, look at that offensive line. Who's opening up your lanes? That's also true. Yeah. So you just right? you just address two needs right there. You got to so, protect Joe Burrow and you got to open up the lanes. And the Bengals, haven't, the Bengals haven't really been good in the drafts. Except um, for, like, I don't see any big, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, they need to protect Joe Burrow if you want Joe Burrow to be great. Yep. At the end of the day. They got to change the culture of that team altogether. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Joe Burrow's not playing until midseason. If oh. if not, might even be missing this year. No, he's going to play. I didn't hear play. that. I, th- I, I didn't hear Is that. He- because he got, he got injured late in the season last year, right? He like got super late. Later, yeah, towards the end. Second half of the season, or right at the half of the season. But I don't think he'll not play this year. I think he'll be back uh, yeah. for the year. 
their uh, sportingnews.com says he'll be back. He should be back for week one. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't for think him. there's a problem with this. I, I think everything went very well with the uh, recovery. So I look forward to what he could, could to, to what he could do after the to see what he could do after that kind of injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same with prom- the, promising man. He looks good. Same with Dak as well. I like his in like when when he's in the pocket. I like his stance in the pocket. Pepe, he's uh, he he's very. Uh, I I like his vision, and I like how he's confident in the pocket. Do you feel the same way about Lamar Jackson? So I think we covered uh, pretty much everything we wanted for this episode. We'll leave that for another week. Um, as you guys know, as I said, next week we're bringing in Stephen Two's brother, Matt Vertulo. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of insight on the draft. He follows this stuff uh, much more in detail than we do. So sorry if we sounded like amateurs. Um, send us your questions. If you have questions, we'll have him answer them. We're going to be giving him questions as well. Uh, I think that's pretty much what's going to take up the most of the, the majority of next episode or all episodes. Should we do all episode with him? What do you guys think? We can do all episode with him. It'll be interesting. Uh, I have a few questions for him uh, regarding some teams and and what he thinks. Yeah, so so we'll we'll prepare something cool with him. Um, that'll be next week. I uh, hope you guys like the draft talk. As we said again, sorry if we sounded like amateurs. We did our we did our best, and, and at this point, it's all speculation. We're not uh, we're not uh, scouts or anything. So uh, yeah, well, Trevor thanks, Lawrence. Thanks for joining us this week. See you next week.